webinar to some amazing people. I hope that you're watching because you're awesome. I spoke about a friend of mine who enlisted in the Israeli army. He was a rabbinical student and they placed him in a unit in which they train you to be a sniper. He was perfect for it. He was a brilliant guy. I think, I don't know this personally, but from what I understand, in the units of snipers, it's a lot of calculations, wind and whatnot, and you have to learn how to sit. This, this guy sat hours studying Talmud. He was a perfect candidate. And he, I asked him some of the, I'm always looking for insights. And you see them in military, you see them in sports, you see them in very highly structured, highly capable areas. And he said to me something so interesting. He said that when you learn how to properly target, I forgot the words he used. Like there's the, I'm sure there are more technical words than that. Well, I guess when you fix your scope and you take the patience, then pulling the trigger is a lot easier. That's how life works. When we measure twice, you cut once. Thinking, acting. You wake up in the morning and you're answering emails. Yeah. When you get at the end of the day, you're like, what did I do today? Of course. <laughs> Why would you not think that? Why would you assume that the world around you is going to organize a structured day for you? The world's not doing that. The world is just sending you stuff. Now, I think at a deeper level, God is directing you in a certain way. That's a whole other world. But from a very surface perspective, to think that you wake up in the morning and your inbox is going to lead you to any directed future, that's, that's, that's crazy. Your inbox is someone else's problems. Time to think. Journaling. Vision, time to act. Spend most of your day doing, working, even if it's in pain. Pushing yourself, 40% rule, Navy SEALs. But where we're at right now is we're at that, that bridge. There's a bridge, there's an accelerator. There's, a, there's someone, something that joins the two worlds of the mind and the hands, and that's your mouth. Even the way it's situated in your body. The mind and the body is almost, think about it. This whole area here, which is how you speak, is literally the bridge between what's in your mind and what's in your body. And when that is strong, your mind makes decisions, your mouth creates it in its words, and your body has no choice but to follow it because you've already committed. You have no choice but to figure out how to be a parent because you've already committed to that kid when you bring that kid home from the hospital. Period. End of story. There's no like, oh my gosh, we had no idea. We thought this would be a, a walk in the park. He's three months. Can we give him back? There's no giving him back. There's a commitment that takes place. Now, because you commit to that kid, then you have no choice but to dig into a place that you always had and didn't know you had, which will draw out your potential that would never have been drawn out but for that child. That's why parents always say to me, I don't know if I can have them. Like, of course you don't know you can have them. How could you possibly know you could have kids before you have kids? What are you drawing on to let you know you can do something before you actually do something? To remember that was last week. It's not I can or I can't. It's why can't I? I have no idea what I can do. So when you make major moves, like having a child, that's easy. When you get a new job, that's easy. When you take out a new client, that's easy. It's hard, but at least it's easy to understand. You can do, you can, like we spoke about here on the thing, you can create your own commitments. Like I told you about my friend, who as soon as he loses a certain amount of weight and he goes down a, a waist size, 
He just throws out all his other clothes. That's a commitment now. He has no choice. Someone wrote on the, the chat. I forgot who it is, but whoever it is, thank you. He wrote that's why I, I spoke about how he either he's not gonna either he's gonna stay he's gonna he's gonna lose the weight or he's gonna not have any pants to wear. And someone wrote that's why Porky Pig doesn't wear pants. True. But there's another way, a more powerful way, a more consistent way, and that is through your mouth. Your mouth, your words, if they become your bond, then before you commit to something in your words, you think, you contemplate, you articulate, and then when you make a commitment to something, you are, it's as good as done, and you will see the world come around you. You will see the world bow to somebody who has integrity of speech. There's a lot of spirituality here. Righteous people, they say, say things, decree, and God listens. What that means on a deeper level is that the spiritual world moves in a way based on the speech of individuals. That's why it's very careful. You're not supposed to, you're supposed to always bless people, not curse people. That's why there's a lot of rules around speaking ill of people. The spiritual power that we have to change our lives rests many, in many ways in our mouth. And we spoke yesterday about this concept of how we all had this growing up. We all felt this growing up. Nobody had to tell. Nobody has to tell a three-year-old or a four-year-old when you tell them we're going to the store, that you're going to the store. In fact, some of the greatest challenges that kids have, honestly, and some of them can't articulate this, is as parents say things that they can't deliver on to a child, it becomes, they, they, they lose their way in some ways. They don't know how to make sense because when a parent says, I'll do it, and they don't, they don't know how to discern between when they're serious and when they're not. That's how sometimes parents lose control of their own children because the kids don't believe it when they speak whether it's to give reward or to give consequence. When you say you're going to do something and you don't do it and your kids live with you for long periods of time, they stop taking what you're saying seriously. And as a result, your words have no meaning to them. They can't rely on it. They can't trust it. And so this huge trust factor that takes place, not only just parent and child, it happens with employers. I know an individual that had a company that basically lost his top employees for no other reason than he promised them things that he didn't deliver on. And by the way, he couldn't even deliver on it because the market changed, but he never explained it to them. He never explained to them the bonus that he promised them. He couldn't deliver because the market wasn't there. And he never intended to give them a bonus if the market went down, but he never actually articulated it. He just didn't give them a bonus. And by just not delivering on words, they got paid their salary. They got paid what they were supposed to get paid. He just promised them an end-of-year bonus and couldn't deliver it. And as opposed to explaining it, just didn't deliver it. And, and his top employees, just they start, the, the trust, it just started to erode. The next time he came in with his big, grandiose idea, they didn't even take it as seriously. And slowly and slowly and slowly, that bond of trust started breaking because your words to the people around you are either your bond or they're worthless. 
or there's somewhere in the middle. If you're leading a team, if you're leading a family, if there are people around you, to the extent in which when you speak, you're creating a bond, they will hear it and say, this is a bond. You don't have to give a child consequences. If when you speak, they know you mean business. You don't have to tell employees, do this, do this, do this. Because if you say we're doing this, they need to know, unless something changes, we're doing this. But more importantly, your brain, your brain, with all of its neuroplasticity and all of its habits, and the battle that takes place between you and your brain, you, the real you, the essential you, and your computer that has been conditioned to do something, you know as well as I know that when you go up against that wall against your computer at some point, at some point, this, there's a, some piece of you that determines if you're going to finish it. Are you going to close out what you said? If you say you're going to do 10 push-ups and you get to number eight and you're exhausted, there's that piece of you that says, give up. That survival part of your brain that says, don't do it. And you and I need a mechanism where that part of your brain shuts off. And right now, all we have is our ritual. So we're always up against it because in order to get that part of our brain to stop talking so loud, we have to then condition ourselves. But then how do you get through that part of your brain? That's how you condition yourself. Do you hear that? If you're conditioning yourself to do 10 push-ups or to write your journal or to not eat this food or to make those phone calls or to start this business or to pray, whatever the things you have, and as you get towards the end where you're really going to see the growth, where it starts to get hard, the part where you have to actually grow. If your brain says, no, 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 don't do it. What do you have to push through it? What do you have? Because you don't have the ritual because you got to get through it to create the ritual. So we have the willpower. You go, to, you got to go to the well. Okay. But even if you go to the well, sometimes you don't have enough willpower. So what do you got? You have your mouth. Because as your brain starts to realize that when this person speaks, it's done. There's no more fighting. If I get up there in public and say, I'm doing X and I know that people are going to hold me accountable to it, it's done. I have no choice. When that rabbi got up and said he quit smoking, he was done. It was too much. If I sign on a dotted line, if I write, forget words out of my mouth, if I write them on a piece of paper and I squiggle my name, which is this made up thing that I don't know when it started, that we just get to squiggle this thing called a signature and it means something. Okay. It's an identity concept. I'm selling that house. It's done. I'm buying that thing. I signed it. I'm buying, I'm purchasing it. So I know that before I squiggle that thing, I got to make sure I'm purchasing it or not. Because once I squiggle, Sign my name, my brain can't go, well, I don't know, you know, the money. It's too late. To the guy that I did the, the real estate deal with, he didn't have to swizzle his name. He just spoke. And in the speech, he created something. His mouth was the agent of change.
So his brain didn't tell him afterwards, like, what are you crazy? What are you kidding me? The boxes are open. You, this, you, you, it probably goes up 30% just by that announcement. You know what you do with 30% more money? You can put it here. You can get a return on your money over the course of time. You give it to your grandkids. Da, 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 we got it. We got it. There's no, there's no, there's no, there's no voice. It's over. Can you imagine if that's what our life would be like? Imagine if you wake up in the morning and while you're in your period of thinking, you get to articulate what you want to do and your brain, your body goes, oh man. And it's going to get done. Can you imagine if you had that much control over your mind to direct your body into where it wants to do? Think about how much we can accomplish. Think about how much more we can accomplish if the process was thought, creation, and then manifestation. Not thought, thinking, acting, creating. No, no, no. I'm saying, can you imagine if it was thought, creation, and speech, and then manifestation in your action? Ariel asks a great question. Isn't it when we speak to other people? The answer is it doesn't have to be. So I want to give you an exercise. This is very much a ritual, but it's also an exercise. I learned this from one of my mentors in one of the companies that I worked for when I was younger. I was blessed to be very close with the vice chairman. Incredible guy. God bless me. He was the head legal counsel. I was in the legal department and he was also the vice chairman of the company. He is and was my, he was and is my mentor, business mentor, life mentor, incredible. We were one time sitting around and we were talking about the company that him and a few others built and they built it when they were very young and it was, it became an incredible company. And I asked him for one of the techniques that they use so that, you know, anytime you see someone, remember success leaves clues. And he gave me an exercise, to be honest, that I do it sometimes. But if I did it more, I'd be more successful. I just forget. Here's the exercise. And I want to build, we're going to build our day together. So here's how it would be. Here's what he said. He said they went when they first started, him and his friends, colleagues, when they were beginning to build this company, it was already a company, then they took it over, whatever. They went to see some management sage. And he spoke about this stuff. He spoke about growth and, and, and discipline. And, and he gave them an exercise that they started doing. And it was, it, it was transformational. He said, when they start their day, he, this is his you know, personal practice. He said, they went out and they bought index cards. And every day, when they started their day, they would pull out one index card. And before they started their day, they would write four things they had to do that day. Four, not 12, four, four things. And if it hit the index card, but for a force majeure, which is some crazy unexpected event, they were going to do it. Two o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the afternoon, it don't matter. But for some unexpected catastrophic event. If it hit the index card, it was done. It was as good as done. Every day, they did four things. 
And what happened was if you do four things that you need to do every day, after two weeks, you get a lot of your stuff done. You do hard things early. You move forward. And it's that simple exercise that he credits with being the catalyst for their incredible growth. I did this, I did this for years. I don't know. I just, I guess I stopped, but we're doing this together now. So I'll pick it up again. I used to collect business cards. You know, when you get, you know, business cards, remember the good people still have them. I think they're business cards. They have your name, you know, business card. So people give them out all the time. But what do you do with a business card after you put the information in the contact, like in your, in your phone? When you carry your business card so you can like, you know, by dialing like, you know, a dordery. So as opposed to throwing them out, I would keep them on my desk in a stack and I would turn them over. And usually there's, you can write on the back of them. If it wasn't too glossy. And that's what I would do for years. I would have a stack of business cards and every day I'd start my day and I would take one and I would write four things I got to do and I'd keep in my pocket all day. And by the time my day was over, I would have to, as a ritual, before I left my desk, rip the business card. I can't even describe how much I got done. And what this is doing is this is conditioning your speech to at least have integrity somewhere. If I can't have, if my word can't be my bond when I speak during the day, fine. Start somewhere. At least if it hits the paper, that word, when written on a piece of paper, the bond starts there. And if it starts there, we've now increased the integrity of our speech 10 degrees, 20 degrees, two times. And slowly we start to learn how to use this powerful thing called the mouth. Try it. Try it for a couple of days and tell me how it goes. Friday is Q&A day. So I want to hear all about, hear, hear from you guys. I want to hear from you guys every day. Don't feel like you can't chat. And we're going to start doing Q&A. Hopefully we'll start this tomorrow or Thursday. Q&A. So keep a heads up that go, hopefully this, and then this week we're going to start a new segment from 920 to 930, just answering questions. But until then, try it. Get an index card, get an old business card, get something small that you can carry around. Don't do it in a pad because in a pad you can't carry around and watch. Just write four things you got to do every day. That's it. If it makes the list, you do it. If it doesn't make the list, you don't have to do it. So you know what that means? You got to really make sure you know what makes that list. And tell yourself, my words have integrity. And my creation, this thing doesn't, this thing doesn't get done when I do it. This thing is done when I write it. Now I just got to execute on my decision. Let's try it for a couple of days and see how it goes. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. I look forward to extending some time, some more time with you. And I uh, really appreciate you being here. And with God's help, I can't wait to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.